Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. There are people in our city right now who are hopeless, and we have hope in the gospel. There are people right now in our city who are lost, but we know can be found by the Savior. There are people who are broken in our city who can be made whole by the renewing work of Jesus. There are people hurting in our city who can be healed. So church, let's not just live here. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Until you look at a specimen under the microscope, you might overlook something that initially seemed insignificant. Once you make a concerted effort to really see the object for what it is, you start to appreciate its intricate details and functions. In the same way, God wants you to truly look at people and see them, see their hurt, their circumstances, and not just look past it as if it doesn't exist. Pastor Ricky encourages you today to be effective right where you are with the people who are right in front of you. Let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Acts, chapter 1, as he continues his message, Gospel Renewal. You know, I'm, I've been involved with a, a ministry, a group of ladies that had on their heart a desire to, because of what Jesus has done for them, to serve the city as an expression of the love of Jesus. And so the way they decided to do it was through kind of a nonprofit community cafe that's still around. It's called the Mustard Seed Cafe. And the idea was that if you can pay full price for a meal, great. If you can't pay, Whatever you can pay is great. If you can't pay anything, you can even volunteer in exchange for a meal. And so there was a guy who, right before this, had been homeless, had found some housing. He started coming, and he didn't have money, so he began to volunteer in exchange for a meal. But what he experienced among the Christians that work there was a genuine love, a genuine care, right? And Jesus began to change him in powerful and unique ways. And eventually, this brother got his food handler's license through, much as he does this, they'll pay for people to get their food handler's license if they can't pay for themselves so that they can help serve food. And all of a sudden, something began to happen. He began to change even as an employee. He would say he got fired from lots of jobs before that, but he began to change. And he all of a sudden has a food handler's license. He's got some work experience and he got a job that paid money, a real job, at another place. And we got to watch kind of this transformation. And why did that happen? Because the gospel changed some ladies' hearts and their desire was to see other people experience the love of Jesus that they had experienced. And it went to work on this man. It began to change all of these areas of his life. Church, that is what our city needs, fundamentally. Now, the gospel doesn't make us, okay, well, we don't care about poverty. We don't care about joblessness. No, we care deeply about those things, and we care even more about the need underneath those needs. On an ultimate level, the most broken parts of our human experience can only change fully and deeply and eternally through the gospel. And as this ripples out, Christians become better employees, more generous helpers in the city, more loving parents through that renewing work. That is why we long to see gospel renewal. Why gospel renewal in this city? Well, we have been sent to this city. That's why this city. In Acts 1, Jesus commissions his disciples to go where? To go to the city in which they already find themselves. 
He doesn't start and say, okay, listen, in Jerusalem, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they killed me, so go somewhere else. Go to Egypt or Rome, you know, go to a big population center, go to someplace famous. No, no, no. He says, start where you are. And what happens? They, they stand up. Peter preaches the gospel and thousands are saved. And those people stay for at least a long season in that city, reaching that city. More and more are added daily as they tell others about Jesus. Acts 17 is a text that I hadn't applied to this, but I was talking to Andres this week, and he was pointing out that in Acts 17, 26, Paul makes an interesting comment about God. Paul says that God appoints a time and place for each person to live. We can like know that, you know, on a big level, like of course, yeah, God, you know, knows those things, but apply it specifically to these disciples. That means that the people Jesus is commissioning, God had sent them out of all time and all places to that city at that time because he had a purpose and a plan for them. That was their Jerusalem. That was where they were to start. Now, obviously the gospel is not gonna stay there. It's gonna spread, but that is where they start. And church, here's what I want you to see. The implication is that you are here because the Lord has sent you here. You did not just end up here. You know, some of you are like, I don't even know how I ended up here, but here I am. Uh, some of you were born here and you're thinking, no, 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 no. I was meant for the bright lights of Los Angeles, Lord. Why, you missed, you like undershot it. I mean, I understand the world's spinning, but I got thrown into the wrong place, you know? Or, or I'm, I'm meant to be by a beach, Lord. You don't understand. I can't live without the ocean, Lord, you know? And I've talked to also a lot of military people and essentially the reason you are here is because you're legally obligated to be here and you will end up in jail if you're not. So that's always a motivation to do anything, a good motivation. But here's what I want you to see, okay? Whether the U.S. Army has sent you here, your parents happen to live here, your job moved you here, however you got here, you are not here by accident. It is not a mistake that you are here. We do not just live here. We are sent here. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection, and he tells his disciples this, as the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. The Lord's purpose and trajectory for each gospel-renewed Christian is that they are sent to be an agent of gospel renewal through the proclamation of the gospel and service of their community wherever he has called them. And God desires gospel renewal in our city. If we could talk to Paul and be like, guess what? There's a whole other continent across an ocean. and In the middle of that continent, there's a desert. In the middle of that desert, there's some people. I don't even know why they live there, but they're there. And Paul would say, that's pretty much the end of the earth. Yeah, that's what I had in mind. Somehow, in God's plan, we are part of this ripple of gospel renewal that's been rippling through the world since Acts chapter 1. And Peter, the guy who stood up and, and who received this commission and then stood up and preached in Acts 2, writes this later in 2 Peter 3. He says, the Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Meaning this, the Lord desires to save. He desires for the gospel to be proclaimed even to the end of the earth. He desires that people come to know, to repent and believe and to know the love of God. And that is true of those in our city as well. 
Look, there's this very unique story in Acts chapter 18 where Paul is preaching the gospel to a city and it's not Jerusalem or Samaria. The gospel's rippled outward from there. And he wants to give up. And the Lord tells him, no, 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 keep preaching because there are many of my people in the city. Now, why would the Lord say that? Because up to that point, Paul had seen no fruit from his ministry. But the Lord knew in his infinite providence and infinite sovereignty that there were people he was going to call through the proclamation of the gospel in that city and that would be called to himself. And church, here's what I believe. If we know that at the end of history in Revelation 5, that there are people from every tribe and tongue and nation and place, how do I know that? Because the Lord has sent us here, because the Lord is at work here, the Lord desires to save. So I think we can say with confidence, there are more in this city who are the Lord's, that the gospel has not yet been proclaimed to or who have not yet responded. And church, there is a need for gospel renewal in our city. Look, most people view many cities as one of two things. It's either an obstacle to overcome or a resource to exploit. So they think of it as an obstacle to overcome, like, well, I grew up here, I'm gonna get out of here, this is the problem you know, with my life. Or you're like, well, I don't know how I ended up here, I don't wanna be here. Or it's a resource to exploit. No, 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 this is where I'm going to make my mark. This is where I'm going to make my money. This is where I'm going to get my car and my house and my 70-inch plasma screen TV. It's not even plasma anymore. I just dated myself. Or sorry, 4K TV. All the like teenagers are like, oh my gosh, what's a plasma TV? Yeah, it's... And what you want is that version, that little slice of the American dream for yourself. And the Lord calls us to say, no, no, we're not going to see our city as an obstacle. We're not going to see our city as a resource to exploit for our own sake. We're going to see it the way Jesus sees. We're going to see through Jesus' eyes. I want you to hear the way Jesus views our city. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus looks out and it says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Right? Jesus is showing us how to view our city. And the first thing, obviously, is that he sees the crowds. Often we can see through people. We can just go through life and not see the people in the checkout lane or at the doctor's office or in the cubicle next to us. And Jesus says, no, 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 see them. Because when you see them, here's what you will see. They are harassed and helpless. That I don't know how, but sin has somehow broken their life. There are places of brokenness in their life. There's the brokenness of the world that is informing their life. They need help. Fundamentally, they need a shepherd. Fundamentally, they need the one their souls were made for. And when you see that, I believe you will have compassion on them, right? Your heart will be engaged. It can't help but be engaged when you see the need of those around you. And here's the thing. For those of us who are Christians, who have had our own lives transformed by the renewing work of the gospel, when we encounter somebody, a friend, a coworker, whatever, and there are places of brokenness in their life, there should be something deep in our hearts that cries out, I know what you need, right? I know what will fix that, that relational brokenness, right? That lostness that dogs you, that aloneness, right? I know the thing your soul longs for. 
So hear me. Have you ever heard about this guy named Jesus? He changes my life. He changed my life and he could change yours, right? This is what we've been called to do, to see our city through the eyes of Jesus with compassion, not as an obstacle to overcome or a resource to exploit, but rather a city full of people that needs Jesus. You know, there's a, a verse that's been haunting me lately, but haunting me in a good way from the book of Jonah. And in Jonah, Jonah is a guy who is called by God to proclaim the good news of the gospel to a group of people that he does not like and he does not want to get saved. And the Lord, because he loves, because he loves us, because he desires that people come to know salvation, he sends Jonah to these people and Jonah reluctantly preaches the gospel and they get saved, right? They repent in a sense. And Jonah then is mad and the Lord tells Jonah this. He says this, Jonah's saying, why do you care about them? And the Lord says, should I not care about that great city in which more than 120,000 people live who cannot tell their right hand from their left? See, the difference between the way Jonah viewed these people and the way God views these people. He says, these are souls. These are human beings. These are people made in the image of God. These are people who do not know what they're doing, in a sense, who do know what they're doing in sin or rebellion, but also have no idea how to find hope, how to find salvation, how to find help. I care about them. Look, our city has many needs, a lot of needs. We need higher paying jobs. We need to help communities in our area that have an epidemic of fatherlessness. We need to promote education. We need to stop family violence. We need to do those things. We need to help with those things, but none of those needs are as deep as the need underneath all needs. Our city needs Jesus. Our city needs to know that eternity is long and the judge is real, but that Jesus is alive and he offers salvation. Our city needs to know that. That is the need. And I believe as as gospel transformation and renewal begins to impact heart after heart, we can see real renewal in our city. Look, our church began over 30 years ago, late 70s, early 80s, because the Lord began to do an unusual work of bringing gospel renewal to many people. I had a season where I went and tried to meet with all the longtime members of the church and just said, hey, tell me your story. How did the church start? I mean, because listen, I was around, but I was like age one, so I wasn't paying a super lot of attention. Tell me how it started. Tell me what you experienced. And I just, I wish you could have been there. It was like story after story of a guy, one guy who knew the gospel, but didn't believe it who wanted nothing to do with it, and the Lord stopped him one night in his room, turned him to himself. He opened his Bible, his eyes were open, and he was saved. Another person who was thinking about taking their own life when somebody invited them to a meeting where the gospel was proclaimed and they were saved, right? Story after story after story of people transformed, of marriages transformed, of families transformed. And listen, through that movement, was a unique movement, right? A whole generation of people began to be different because of that, and church, Our church began with a longing for renewal in the church and in the city. May we never move on from that. May we, until the Lord calls us all home or until this building shuts its doors, may we be a church that longs for renewal in our church. We're not just called to disciple-making in general, church. We are called to disciple-making in this city where God has sent us. 
And look, just to motivate you, I was talking to a church planner who had moved here recently, and I have plenty of time. And every year or so, I have a lunch with somebody who's starting a church in El Paso. And this guy said, listen, when I saw how big the city was, how much gospel need there was, I couldn't believe this wasn't like a target for all the church planting networks and places in America. Somehow, it's like, it's like how did we miss this? Church, he has sent us here that we will answer to the Lord for whether we have been faithful to his call to reach this city with this gospel. May we be faithful. Here are the implications for us. We are called, church, to love our city. I don't care if you don't love the desert. I don't care if you don't love Mexican food. I don't care if you don't like being hot. You're called to love the people. We are to see the needs of our city, not look beyond them, not ignore them, but see them. See them with compassion. We are called to think and live as missionaries in our city. We are called to find places where we can serve in our city. We are called to to start new groups and ministries and Bible studies all over this city because there are people all over who need Jesus. We are called, I believe, to plant more churches in this city. I don't know if you noticed, but us 400 plus the other few churches that are around here, right, we are not going to reach 980,000 people, so we're going to need a few more people. We need a few more churches at work. We are called to care about the ends of the earth from where we sit. In Revelation, we see this beautiful picture in Revelation 5 where the Lord has gathered a choir for himself, the best choir of all eternity. And it consists of people from every tribe and tongue and race and nation. Church, we do not get to only care about people who look like us and speak our language and live where we live. We are called to have God's heart for our city, but also for the nations. Both my wife and I, we were talking about this recently, Getting overseas, even outside of this area, has changed us. When she was uh, kind of in her early 20s, she went to India for several weeks and did missions work there. A few years ago, I went with a team from our church. We went to Guatemala and El Salvador. And church, let me just say, it changed me in a good way. Because I got to see there were people there who were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And there were believers there who loved Jesus and were sacrificing everything to reach those areas for Jesus and doing it in far harder circumstances than what I have to do it in. So church, here's my heart. Our heartbeat must include a heartbeat for the whole world. We don't get to just, okay, well, this is our thing. We don't care about anything else. No, no, no. We are to care about the whole world and we are to care about the whole world by seeking to have people from our church go all around the world. And this has been our legacy as a church. Uh, We have sent leaders or people all over the US, all over North America to Wattis and Phoenix and Vancouver and Frisco and Jacksonville and New Orleans and the Philippines. There was a guy that, I love this, there was a guy that, He's going to our church for a while in his late teens, and he's now a pastor in New Orleans, and I saw a video of him preaching the gospel and people getting saved, and I was like, come on! Like, I may never go to New Orleans. I don't know how to talk with the accent you need to be able to reach those people, but the Lord used our church to raise this brother up and support him on his walk and sent him back there to his home. Many more, I believe, church, are going to be called to go. More of our church is going to be called to go. Maybe it's internationally. Maybe it's to another city. Maybe it's a church plant. But we're going to be called. 
And yet, if we reach this city, we will reach others. Because of the nature of where we are, a stopping point for many people. We have a huge transient population in this city that if by God's grace we see gospel renewal in their hearts, they will carry it far beyond us to people you and I will never even meet. We have over 30,000 members of the military, many of them on a three-year rotation, and from here, they go everywhere, and it's not an exaggeration. I don't even know, as I've talked to people, they're getting out of the military, like, I don't even know if any of them have gone to the same place. We're trying to get a map going, we're trying to make a map where when people leave, we can like put a dot where they are, and I think we're just gonna cover the US, because they just go everywhere, and that is not a distraction to have them in our church. That is part of our mission. I want you to hear this. If you're in the military, if you're transient, if you're only gonna be here for a short time, our goal is to help you and your family see gospel renewal because we care about wherever you're going next. And so does the Lord. We care about the many, many thousands of, of Mexican-American immigrants and South American immigrants and immigrate to other parts of the US seeking asylum or just immigrating in other ways. We have students in our area that are being sent all over the place. Many of these folks being trained and sent elsewhere. Look, in Acts 1 and 2, here's what happened. The church in Jerusalem grew, it reached the city, persecution came, and scattered it. And the scripture says that those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Right, so the work they did in Jerusalem spread to Antioch and Rome and other cities. Many of the churches in the New Testament that we meet were not planted by Paul. They were planted by average people who were forced to move from one area to the next with the gospel and lived sent lives there. That's what we want. So our church, we must think globally and have a heart for the global church. We must seek to send missionaries and workers and church planners from among us to all over the place. We must minister faithfully even to those here a short time, so that the work will spread. We must do all of this with an eye to gathering the choir of Revelation 5. We care about all of these places because there are people there harassed and helpless who need a shepherd, who need good news. So in conclusion, guys, here's what I wanna say. There are people in our city right now who are hopeless, and we have hope in the gospel. There are people right now in our city who are lost, but we know can be found by the Savior. There are people who are broken in our city who can be made whole by the renewing work of Jesus. There are people hurting in our city who can be healed. So church, let's not just live here. Let's live sent here. Open God, oh my soul. listening to Better News Radio. Pastor Ricky has been teaching through a vision series on what things should be of utmost importance in a church. If you've missed a message from this series or would like to hear today's teaching again, you can do so by visiting our website at betternewsradio.com. Feel free to download the audio to take with you on the go or just listen online. We also encourage you to subscribe so you never miss an edition of the program. We're so glad that we can bring God's word to you through the ministry of Better News Radio, and we want you to know that we're praying for you always. 
If you are seeking some prayer support, we're happy to do so. Simply call us at 915-562-7100. That's 915-562-7100. We'd be honored to hear from you and be aware of the things that you're wrestling with. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen today and we hope that you can find encouragement through a Bible-believing church in your area. By joining a church, you gain a support group of brothers and sisters who put God's love into practice and can help you grow in your relationship with Christ. If you're ever in the El Paso area, please come join us here at Cross of Grace Church. You'll find all the information you need online at betternewsradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today to hear about what vision should look like in a church. Be sure to join us again next time for another edition of Better News Radio.